Yo, what is going on, people? Welcome back to Project Kayfabe, a wrestling and pop culture podcast. I am your host, Joe. We're talking about wrestling. We're talking about GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, one of the probably the top independent promotion out there. I mean, it's really hard to rival this promotion at the moment, especially with the show they just had at the Hammerstein Ballroom this past uh, Sunday night. What a fucking time to go. What a fucking show. Just a great time overall. A lot of thoughts. A lot of cool things happen. A lot of things to talk about. Got the boy Quade here as always. How are you doing, my boy? Doing good, man. Just here chilling, trying to survive this this uh storm of wrestling content. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, just here. Surviving. At first, I thought you were going to talk about the pandemic, but then you're like, oh, no. storm of wrestling content. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm also trying to survive the pandemic, too, and I think about it. like yeah. Even though... Like, you know, everyone had to prove vaccination and all that. Like, I went to a bar beforehand and, like, I took my mask off here and there to drink and stuff. But I still, like, for example, I live with my grandmother. I'm wearing my mask around her until, like, just to be safe. I'm going to take a rapid test probably tomorrow or the next day. But I'm fine. I just want to be safe for her. Yeah. Same here. Same here. <laughs> so, we're talking about wrestling. We're talking about GCW. The world on GCW. And this is their biggest fucking show ever. I can't really... I'm trying to look. Did it, like... What is the actual amount of attendance that were there? Was it over... That says attend... I'm looking at cage match. That says 2,000. That doesn't make any sense. Was it? How many people actually showed up? I think it was 2,000. I feel like like that's not... Was it? Let me see. Sounds... You know, for some reason, I was telling people, oh, yeah, like, I was telling my friends, oh, yeah, that place could fill, like, 16,000 people. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, wait, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, uh, it's 2,000. I guess that makes sense. It didn't feel like 16,000, but, yeah, okay, it's saying, at least what I'm seeing here from Wikipedia, I don't know who put this there, sold out, so 2,025 is how many people were there, apparently. Not bad. And that's like big for GCW because you've had the times where GCW has done their shows, obviously, and the showboat is like kind of like their main home for the last couple of years now. And that one, like, you know, it's a ballroom, you know, the Hammerstein is called the Hammerstein ballroom, but this is like an actual feels like an actual ballroom. Like it's literally a part of the hotel um, that one of the casinos and it's, it's the hotel, like I said. So, you know, a couple hundred people are in there and then they, they you know, they've done play things in Detroit and Los Angeles. They've done a lot of outside stuff, but this is probably their biggest one, not only for, you know, the fans, but then also look at how they were on pay-per-view, which is crazy to think about it. You know, like normally you only hear on pay-per-view is like WWE, but I think I don't even know if WWE still does pay-per-views anymore because I think they only exclusively do Peacock, which is fucking annoying. Now I was getting my haircut done last week and me and my barber were just roasting Peacock and like are jealous of like Canadians who have like fucking like uh, the network. Cause like, it's funny. You used to fucking take the network for granted. You used to talk shit about it. And now look at what we got. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta appreciate what you got for when you had it, but yeah, Peacock is completely horrible. Yeah, fucking, fucking shit, man. But anyway, so GCW—they're on pay per view, they're on on Fight TV. We already got the pay per view, like to have, just because I'm like, it would be cool to own it, but then also to rewatch because there's a lot of stuff I do want to rewatch and also see how it felt on stream. I heard there was like different people like different reactions based off of how it was on stream compared to like in person so like one thing i heard was in person you know while we were there that was a fucking loud venue everyone was screaming and loud as fuck but i apparently i didn't really watch a lot of the replay yet on stream but apparently sometimes like it felt low apparently i don't know what the deal was going on whether it's the sound guys or something if someone didn't know what the hell they were doing but apparently it sounded like kind of quiet in a way for the people who were watching on stream. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. GCW usually has like bad audio production, so like the fact that it did sound quiet on like stream and it's not a shock to me, but it does suck because like it makes people think at home, oh, New York wasn't wasn't loud enough, or the Hamstone wasn't loud enough. When in reality, it was pretty loud most of the night. Yeah, I mean, the acoustics aren't bad in there. I mean, fuck if you want to hear a quiet crowd. Go to the Barclay Center for Survivor Series and not watch the fucking Peacock stream where they definitely piped in fucking crowds, crowd noise. But, I mean, it was like a sold out, like we said. I mean, 
you got there. I thought you were going to get there later than me, which is why I said just get me send me the tickets because uh, you had them all, and I said transfer at least the five of us. Um, but you got there first, and that line was huge. By the time we got there, that was I think we waited online, me and the group of friends that I brought over that we hung out with. I think we waited like 10, 15 minutes online or a little bit more. But, you know, long line, went by kind of fast. It was crazy. All the people had like you saw lighters on the floor and stuff because apparently those weren't allowed. I had a cool-ass lighter that I had to drop. But uh, you get in and felt like a fucking wrestling venue. You know, it looked nice. Like, it, like you know, the production for how it looked, like, it felt... It's like what wrestling should be, not over-fucking-produced. You know, like, I, I think I've seen someone... I forgot where I'm hearing this. I think, like, maybe the Deadlock Boys have complained about it. I mean, tons of people complain about it. That Like, WWE is very overproduced with the glam and all that. I think even Eric Bischoff said it, too, on uh, the Renee Young podcast. He was like, yeah, like... It's just too fucking much. Like, so many lights, so many things. I like that. It Like, you know, when you go to indie shows and it's just dark and kind of grimy, it feels like professional wrestling. It doesn't feel like, you know, sports entertainment. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's one of the good things about the indies and just, like, just in general. Like, there's just something special about, you know, you, you, you can love all their LED panels or their bright lights, which, I mean... Hamstone was kind of bright, but all the LED panels, all that stuff, all the things that we don't need. Sometimes you just need a ring, some sort of entrance, and that's it. Like, you don't really need yeah. that. And maybe one LED display. Yeah, they had a fucking big-ass projector screen. Yeah, I thought it was a little too bright for like the ring itself. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll lower the lights just a little bit, but I don't know. That's I guess that's what we got, but still wasn't too bad. Um, I feel like if I don't know. I have to go back because ROH used to do a Hammerstein a lot. I think it looked, or even Impact, it kind of looked a little like lighter or at least like darker when they did it. But anywho, uh, you go in, you got two bars on your left and on your right. You go downstairs and like that's where they're selling all the merch. And when I first got there to get merch, like it was fucking crowded. I mean, we both went down and like at first, like also. Normally, you have the wrestlers at the fucking tables and shit. You had a couple of them, like a couple of the luchadors were there, and Alex Cologne was there at his merch table. But like, I was like looking, I'm like, all right, I came here solely to get the GCW, the GCF and W shirt, which sold out, and they're selling online. Still don't got my size, so I can't get that one. Uh, but uh, they, I was looking for like, all right, where's Effie? Where's Alley Catch? That's the merch I want to get. I couldn't find them, so on that first round, I'm like, well. I guess they're not selling their shit yet. Later, it turns out when I came down, it's like, all right, they are selling their shit, but it's like somebody else is doing it for them. So, okay. Because normally at GCW shows or just indie shows in general, they got like tables with them. With the like, I remember the first GCW show we went to, Zombie Walk. Like, we got a shirt from AJ Gray and like we got to talk and dap up uh, AJ Gray for a second. So, like, looking for that. That wasn't that much of it, but I guess it makes sense because, you know, you got these guys in the back, especially someone like Ellie, Ali Catch and Effie who are facing, you got one facing Ruby Soho, the other one facing uh, Jeff Jarrett. So they got to be in the back, I guess. Uh, but that was cool. Got some merch. Uh, all right. Show pre-show because there's two pre-show matches. You got the 20-man battle royal. And I don't think there was like, a, you know, like a you get this if you win. It was just a fucking battle royal just to get as many people as you can on there. You had B-Boy there. You got Charles Manson, which is that guy that wears a suit. Uh, Cole Redrick. Uh, Hoodfoot, who I've heard recently about. Uh, you had Nate Webb, which is awesome. You got Psycho Clown. You had Hall of, Fla- Hall of Famer, especially Indie Hall of Famer from the night before. You had Ruckus. And you had, uh, where, is, where is it, Lefisto. Uh, probably one of the biggest things, which I'm like, oh, this person should have won. Thunder Rosa came out and she fucking like was there. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. She did not win because uh, Big Fucking Vin is his name. Well, <laughs> Big Vin, but Big Fucking Vin, who I think recently fucking started wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I don't think yeah, he doesn't even have like a cage match uh, like profile on here to track all of his old matches. I think he's like one of those GCW like hands that are there to help out and shit like that. I think he recently started wrestling like on the New Year's show. Uh, I know he was on there and I think he also did a New Year's Day show for JCW. So big fucking Vin one. Very random. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, whoever won it, but I kind of wish it was Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa and the Hammerstein like that's fucking cool. And 
no offense to Ruby Soho, but I kind of wish that match that they had, but it made more sense, I guess, to do it in Texas because Alley Catch and, Ru- and, uh, and Thunder Rosa are from Texas, but I kind of wish they did it in the Hammerstein because that would have been crazy just for Thunder Rosa alone. She's way more over than Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho is obviously over, but nowhere, nowhere near Thunder Rosa at this point. But uh, cool little battle royal. I mean, you got a lot of people who would have never had the chance to be in a venue like the Hammerstein to wrestle there. So I'll give it that. What do you think? Yeah, it, it was a cool, it was a cool rumble. I, mean, I didn't have too much problems with it. I don't remember most of it. Uh, I probably couldn't see most of it, but yeah, I thought the Rose definitely should have won. I was kind of, I don't know who Big Vin is or his name is. I never heard of him before. Um, but you know, shout out to him. I guess it was a big moment for whoever whoever he is. Um, yeah, like like I said, he's. I think he's a GCW like stagehand that like okay. is now a wrestler. That's interesting. I mean, that's cool. I <laughs> oh, you you probably didn't hear me when I said that. You were looking away. I saw. That. <laughs> yeah, my mom walked in, but um, yeah, I, I think um, in that case, then that's a cool win. That's that's a cool win for someone who's. I guess Bill was there for maybe a while now, and he got like a little spotlight. So you know what? Kudos to him. I give I give him that. Yeah, you know, would I have wanted him to win? Obviously, no. I kind of want Thunder Rosa to win, but like that's awesome for him. Now that's pretty cool. Um, and you you did mention a good point. Couldn't see some of it, so uh, we were on the floor. Which I'm like, oh, that shouldn't be bad. And we were all the way in, like basically the back of the floor section. Uh, by the entrance to Hammerstein, and it wasn't bad all the time. I'd say, like, it was, like, if you could say it was 50-50 or 60-40, sometimes good, you know? Like, there's moments once everyone starts standing up, you could see, but you're having a little bit of difficulty as us being, like, five foot whatever, you know? We ain't six foot whatever, which I would like to be. But it turns out, I mean, I didn't... We didn't think about this because we just didn't know the real layout of how it would be. But those seats by the entrance look pretty fucking sick. And I think they pay the same like by the by the ramp. I think they paid around the same that we did. And I know they were still, I think, available when we got our ticket. So, you know, I didn't want to be in the balcony, per se, even though there wasn't a bad seat, per really. Like, even where we're sitting at, it wasn't bad. It's just we're not as tall, so we couldn't see as much. But... If they do another Hammerstein show, those are like pretty awesome fucking seats, especially because you get to be right there when the wrestlers came out. Like those people got the mosh with uh, the guy who comes out of the main event, which we'll get to. But uh, not bad seating. Just kind of wish I was a little taller. <laughs> yeah, same. I thought I thought the I don't know why I thought the ring would be more more elevated. Um, maybe it was, maybe that was standard height, and maybe I'm just like really just underestimating how short I am. Um, but yeah, definitely wish yeah. I could see more. There's some big Yeah, I feel that. Uh, there were some random fucking people, like, in the crowd, especially near us. We had this one girl who showed up as a fucking cosplay. Um, tall-ass blonde girl looking like a, she was a Street Fighter character. I'm trying to think of the fucking name. It's the one that's, like, kind of, like, military. I don't even know. All I know is her ass cheeks were practically out. No, I mean, not practically. They were. And um, that was a little bit distracting. Uh, you had uh, when Leo Rush came out, I remember I was saying like, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, he's like here. Because like at first, like we'll get to it, it didn't seem like he was going to be here anymore. And I just remember some guy in the back was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Something about like, I never really liked him anyway. I never understood the hype. And I'm like, there, this it was some white guy. I'm like, there's some racism behind this somehow. <laughs> And then, like, uh, there was that one guy who kept talking to me. Did you see it? Like, that one guy in front of you wearing the major wrestling podcast hoodie? I'm pretty sure he was racist. Like, I'm, like, the whole night, he was saying some, he was saying some weird backhanded stuff. And I'm just like... Yeah? I don't... They were, he was, uh, it was a little weird. I don't remember even half of the stuff we were talking about. Cause I, I was drinking a lot. I, I, I spent the, almost a hundred dollars on the bar the, at the bar beforehand. And then got there. I got a couple more beers, spent about 60 bucks. And then my friend Tom that, you know, he fucking put his arm around you and he asked for your number, which I'm like, Tom's a very friendly guy, but I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and you gave him your number. Didn't you? I, was like, I mean, I wasn't going to say no. 
Yeah. We have. I don't. I don't know if he'll hear this by the time it actually happens. But we're gonna try and make him say that you made it. That he made you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> or no, you made hit. Yeah, he made you feel uncomfortable. That's what we're gonna try and say. Because he would believe it for a hot second too. Because we could just he, he gets a little gullible. Shout out to Tom. But um, just an interesting amount of people in the crowd. Um, the uh, crowd was a good crowd, though. They were lively as fuck, and they, they hated what they hated. They liked what they liked. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, it, was, it was a pretty dope crowd, though, for the most part. Yeah. GCW crowds are like a fucking cult, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we had a six-way scramble match, which obviously could have been on the card, but this was like a good pre-show match, especially a good pre-show match to so like get everyone hyped up before the show starts. So it was Grim Reefer versus Alex Zane versus Dante Leon, Jake Cartwheel, Ninja Mac, and Shane Mercer. They only went seven minutes and 54 seconds, but every moment I felt like it was crazy spot after crazy spot. Like It was dope as shit. Everyone got their shit in. Dante Leon does these cool like fucking 450, like, cutters like i don't even know what to call it jake cartwheel goes crazy ninja mac is the fucking boy i love watching ninja mac shane mercer's tossing bodies everywhere and he could also do some fucking flips and grim reefers out there just smoking a fucking J and takes home the w and i'm like you know what this was a good fucking like pre-show match it got me hyped you got like i wanted to see someone like alex zane and shit like that so it was really good to start off this show for the crowd and, like, it's free on YouTube, too, so anyone could go check it out. So that's, like, another good free match to just fucking watch. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was, that was I think that was a perfect match to, like, get into as a lead-in, especially to the to opener. So that was, yeah, it was pretty dope. And I love Ninja Mac. What she won. Uh, but I like Grim Reaper, too. He's pretty cool. He's a he's an interesting character, older guy. But, you know, he's definitely someone who's, I think he's been with Giuseppe for, like, a long time. So that's pretty cool. He's been in the business for over 20 years. And, like, part of the little... Because he's a part of that video package that they do that when they promoted the show and they even played at the beginning. He's like, like someone like what he's saying, what people have said about him is like, dude, you've been in the business so long and all your friends have passed you up, um, you know, 20 years as a pro, blah, blah, blah. And and you got nothing to show for it. But either which way, I mean, he's I you know, I've never actually heard of Groom Reefer until like last year. So, you know, maybe there's some stuff I'm missing out on on him, but from what I'm watching, I really like him. He's pretty fucking sick. Oh, I just found out the name. So Street Fighter character, <laughs> the girl, her she went as Cammy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I just found the Fortnite pick of her. I'm like, yeah, that one's wearing leggings. This one had her whole ass out. <laughs> and Very like, interesting. And it was snowing that day, so I had question the the outfit choice, but you know what? Teach their own. Dude, I don't even know where the fuck she came from. But anywho, uh, so the main show, main show, got some stuff. We'll go, uh, we'll go like what we've been doing. All right, by each match, talk about anything that we have to say about it. But uh, first match of the night is the grab the brass ring ladder match. So they actually, before they go live, they bring out everyone that's going to be in this match. So you got Alex Cologne, G Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, PCO, and Tony Deppitt. However, G Raver was the new person that they put into this match. I'm like here, we're we're in the crowd. I'm like, I you know, I see Gr- uh, G Raver come out. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. But I'm like, where the fuck is Leo Rush? And in my head, I'm like, God, I'm wearing like Leo. What is Leo Rush gonna quit wrestling again? Is he like having bad terms with people? I already know he's gonna not resign with AEW. So like, I'm hoping this isn't gonna conflict what happens here. Still, to have no clue what happens, but then. The show starts, they fucking do the things that they want to do, they introduce everybody again, you know, without the music this time, uh, MLJ does this shit, and then right before the match starts, AJ fucking Gray is the seventh guy to pop out in the six-man ladder match, so now it's a seven-man, AJ Gray was supposed to be taking on Eddie Kingston, which obviously would have been the match that, you know, we should have got, but, AJ, but unfortunately, Eddie's hurt. And you got to find a way to put AJ Gray on the card somehow because he deserves to be on the card. He's one of like, you know, GCW's main guys, you know, that people come to GCW to watch AJ Gray, to watch Nick Gage, to watch Alley Catch, Effie, Tony Deppin. These are people that you cannot include. 
So he get him being in this match was fucking dope. Not expecting it, but also, Jesus Christ! I mean, the fucking bump he took. I got the video recording of it. Everyone has a fucking uh, clip of it. He's been tweeting about it. So he has the big boy fucking ladder. They brought this ladder out of nowhere. I don't even know. Like it's maybe twenty feet high. Dude's like, you got three people holding this ladder up, stagehands holding this ladder up so he doesn't die climbing this ladder. He's going to try and land on Alex Colon from the outside of the ring on this ladder. And instead of landing on Alex Colon, he lands on another ladder, clearly not intentional. He just fucking hits it because he can't get enough. I don't know if it's like he doesn't have enough, like, he's probably a little gassed at the same time. So maybe he doesn't have that much jump in him or you know, just looking at the clip, it's fucking dirty, you know, like, he, he, I don't know how the fuck he won this match after that, like, you gotta probably be going off of adrenal- adrenaline. Yeah, when, when I first saw the clip, when we saw it in person, I, I just saw it just, like, him dropping, I was like, what the heck just happened, when I saw the clip after him, like, dude, his shoulder must be, like, messed up, just the way it hit the, his arm hit the rope, um, that was interesting, I mean, I, I, I was kind of, the whole the whole match had like some interesting ladder spots. I remember the one that I remember is uh, what's this guy's name? G Raver. When he's like, he tried to jump. He tried to jump off the ladder, but this dude like almost died jumping off it. That was just insane. Uh, yeah, jumping off the ladder. I think to hit Alex Cologne, who had a ladder on top of him, so he like tried to do an elbow drop on it, but it looked. Yeah, that was that was insane. Like, but yeah, AJ man, shout out to him, man. I don't know how. He managed to survive that and still win the match. Like, that dude is just, he's one of my favorites. So, you know, I was happy he won. Hell yeah. AJ's the fucking dude. And, like, it's so cool to see that he did come up with the W on this one. Not only that, like, there was just, like I said, there's so many cool spots. Like, at first, if, honestly, if AJ wasn't a part of this match, and if Leo was still in, I was thinking maybe Leo would have won or even Jordan Oliver. I feel like they've been really high on Jordan Oliver. On the episode we recorded last week, I think we said he could have won. We had an episode we were recording last week. A lot of technical difficulties. Never coming out. Never going to see the light of day. But, like, I mean, even then, like, I would have liked to have seen Tony Deppin won. Tony Deppin's one of my favorites. But there were so many cool moments of this match. It doesn't matter. Like, Jordan Oliver, like, uh, no. PCO hits Jordan Oliver with a package pile driver on a ladder. And he, if you look at it, his neck looks like it almost got snapped in half. It's fucking crazy. Go check it out on Jordan Oliver's Twitter. He fucking tweeted, he's like, yo, want to see a dead body? <laughs> like, that was wild. That whole match had just some crazy spots. That went off for 16 minutes, 47 seconds. It could have fucking went even longer. I mean, that was cool. I think the only whack part about that whole match is that brass ring just looked like a fucking shitty ass circle like it it wasn't like the you know because w uh aw had this match basically they were uh that scorpio sky one last year and it looked like a fucking it looked like a ring from sonic but this one just looked like a piece of shit but either which way it's still a cool w for for aj gray he fucking deserved it yeah, if it, uh, it's just comically so like a a w one was like comically big. This one just comically small, especially for for like a big guy like AJ to hold that ring. Uh, they just <laughs> I think they just need to get something like in between just between those two sizes would be perfect. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, people had a great time watching that match. I mean, it, I brought uh, five of my friends who only, like, Finn really has ever seen wrestling or gives a shit about it, per se, compared to the rest of my friends. And they all fucking love that shit, too. And they even love the next fucking match. I mean, probably, I don't know, there's, like, brought, like the hmm, I'm going to say this now and then explain it more as we go on. I feel like the first three-fourths of the show was awesome and then the last bottom half for me just didn't personally deliver all the way as it should have but we'll get into that but the six-man tag match the lucha match with team gringo versus team bandito they pulled off some of the craziest shits ever that is something that like i also hope goes on youtube one day so people can rewatch this because i mean the i don't even know what you could call it when they basically had like, it was Bandito on the bottom. I think Gringo was also on the bottom, or somebody was on the bottom. They're both carrying two men, and they're all going at it and doing fucking Spanish flies and doing just lucha things. It was crazy. Like, nothing 
about that match was bad. Like, you can't fucking tell me one thing about that match that sucked. Like, that was fucking sick, everything about it. And I kind of want to rewatch it because, I mean, I want to rewatch the entire show, but just specifically that match, some of the craziest things you could do, they fucking did, you know? And that's what's awesome about GCW. You get your deathmatch wrestling. You get your lucha. You get your really technical, like, fucking pure wrestling. You get a mix of everything with how they book the shows. Yeah, this this is a match I'm going to have to rewatch because I honestly don't remember much from it. I think it was on my phone most of the time. <laughs> yeah, you're always on your phone most of the time, motherfucker. Especially this man. I was just like, I was just like, uh, my feet was hurting from standing up. I was just, I need to sit down. My feet were yo. Get some insoles <laughs> in your shoes, my guy. <laughs> but uh, I was just like, but at this is a spot where the people's like stack on top of each other. And that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't know, I'm not a big fan of lucha matches sometimes. So I think that's part of the reason why I was just like, all right, you're whack as fuck. Get out of here. <laughs> the only lucha matches I watch is is triple A, triple mania, and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I don't see how you can't like it. What's not to like? I mean, it's fucking crazy shit. It's like if everything was a young but well, young bucks match. <laughs> like every move was like one of their fucking spots that they always use. Especially back in the indies before now that they're full time AEW guys. They they're always doing crazy shit. I don't know. Yeah, that's my maybe, maybe that's why I enjoy it because like I think I said this before, but I'm not the biggest bucks fan. The biggest spot spot fest match. So maybe. That's why I was into it. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> That's for you, you fucking whack. <laughs> I'm kidding, but that was a cool match. I don't care. Go rewatch it. Maybe you couldn't. Maybe because your feet hurt, you didn't get to appreciate it. Um, what do we got here? The next match. So Blake Christian comes out, and they announced that Jonathan Grisham cannot wrestle. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe he got COVID. I don't know. I hope everything's okay, but they are still advertising AJ Gray versus Bandito at the return of Supercard of Honor at April 1st. Um, but Blake Christian comes out. He's like, dude, I I came out here. I want a fucking match. I am still going to fucking wrestle here. And I want the person who's probably given me the best matches I've ever had. And Leo Rush comes out. And I was fucking hyped because I did not. You know, like, I was worried about Leo Rush for a bit. You know, just earlier this week, he says he's not going back to AEW. Next thing you know, he's not popping up in the ladder match. But he does show up in this match, which might be, when it comes to wrestling standpoint, might be match of the night. Because the wrestling moves were on fucking par. I mean, one of my favorite clips that I've been rewatching is when Leo goes for, like, that uh, that move that he bounces off the bottom rope and kind of goes for a stunner or a cutter on the dude. Instead of like that landing, fucking Blake Christian runs at him with a running knee at the back of his neck. I mean, this also had a lot of cool spots, but just a lot of good fucking wrestling. It's good wrestling. I can't complain. Like now it's like kind of made me wish we got to see Jonathan Grisham versus Blake Christian because that would have been cool, especially because the pure wrestling moves I've seen, like especially in this pure style has been like sick. Like I just saw an impact. Uh, Jonathan Grisham won with a figure four on the ropes because you have like a certain amount of uh, rope breaks that you could use. And the guy, Steve Macklin, fucking used all of his. So essentially, Jonathan Grisham was able to hang on the ropes and deliver this figure four. And I'm like, ah, oh, that would have been cool as fuck to see. But no matter what, like this match delivered and we got cool shit. And the fact that we get to see a Leo Rush, like, uh, I don't know if I have seen Leo Rush or the show's like, I don't think when we went to AEW, he was there yet still. So uh, now to be able to see a Leo Rush match in this cap- in like capacity, I'm like, this is sick. And just, you know, not only it's clear as hell WWE fucked up by letting go of Leo Rush, but they also fucked up by letting go of Blake Christian. Dude could fucking go, get some for a couple of months, same thing with uh, Alex Zane, and they fucking release him. Like Blake Christian, when he was in WWE, when he was in NXT for like the short amount of time he was, I, I didn't, I didn't care too much about him. But dude, like, he actually, this is pretty good. Like, I was shocked to see, like, when I first saw his match. I don't know what his first match in GW was when he first left was, but I'm watching it. It was really good, and this one's good too. And like, it just, it's just funny to see two former WWE guys who WWE could, you know, could have pushed to like a nice mid card run would have been at least nice, and they out here having 
top quality wrestling matches, and it just makes it just reminds you how not to get into this, but like how WWE messed up big time. We seen a lot of these guys, um, but yeah, that match was super dope. Like I, I love I love the rush. I think this our first. This was our first time watching. I think I was gonna say that like, when he first got when he first got replaced in the lab match, I was like, wow, this is the second time he went to AEW, and the rush is not wrestling. And said this is this is bad luck, uh, but I was happy that he actually got to wrestle. Yeah, same here. I mean, this is cool. Like Leo Rush is a is a awesome wrestler to watch on TV and in person. Like that is just awesome to see that. Um Oh yeah, I forgot to announce. So in the match before, um Team Gringo won, not Team Bandito. And in this match, Blake Christian takes home the W. It was a good match. Really fucking enjoyed it. So happy with the decisions here. Excuse me. Oof. And then um actually I can't complain about the winner of this match, even though I would say some the other guy should have won it. But then the next match, which was probably, uh, I don't know what to describe it. Like, I love it, but then uh, they did a little too much. It's the Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green versus Joey Janela. Um, I mean, just the fucking genius behind Matt Cardona. He continues to prove why he's one of the best things in wrestling nowadays because he, you know, it's funny on Twitter. He talks about how much he loves GCW, but at the same time, he hates it. So, like, it's like kayfabe and not kayfabe at the same time. And then he comes out and, you know, they pull out the big ass sign that they did for Cena in the Hammerstein saying, you know, if, C- if Cardona wins, we riot. And the music comes out and it's entered a Sandman. And everyone's fucking looking around because, you know, what are the odds if Sandman actually shows up? I mean, he ain't got none going on. And, you know, next thing you know, the music is playing. Everyone's kind of hyped, but also looking. And then the music, the, the music, you know, is playing, but then the vocals are different. So Zach, uh, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona has his fucking theme song, the lyrics to his song over Enter the Sandman. And he comes out, he's wearing fucking flannel that says, fuck Mick Foley. He has the fucking kendo stick. Uh, he's drinking beer. Chelsea Green is wearing like a Zack Ryder homage type of getup where she has like the one leg cut out and you know it's the old Zack Ryder logo basically. Uh, I mean, that's how you get fucking heat. Like everything he does is so fucking good to get heat. The one time he showed up as Vince McMahon, the other time he fucking throws away the ECW television title in the trash after becoming technically the newest ECW television champion. I mean, this is uh, this is fucking wild. This guy knows how to get heat. One of my favorite things of all time right now, and probably ever that I've seen in wrestling, is just the heat that this man gets. We saw when he came out and fucked up uh, Nick Gage at the ha- at the ballroom at the uh, showboat, and now we get to see him fucking go on with uh, Joey Janela. And I personally think this match should have co-main evented. I still kind of think it should have because of how big it felt. And um, we'll get to the main event because it's still like I feel like just they could have booked the card a little different. But this was uh, just Matt Cardona, a beautiful, beautiful thing he does. It's just getting heat. Yeah, honestly, this this was easily to me. My friend mentioned that probably the best match of the night. Honestly, like <laughs> even though this was like a ton of run-ins i think that was the joy of it to see all the run-ins you know that that, that made it the match was supposed to be uh i remember when this when the music first came ava was looking at the like the uh the balcony cave i thought someone's going to be in the balcony ava just looking at it the whole time and just like what's going on but uh that was cool but yeah that match was just so much fun like everything everyone in it everyone who came out it was unexpected but it was just like it was just stupid fun i think at the end of the day yeah, I mean, we had a run-in from Swoggle. You had Marco Stunt. You got this Sam Stackhouse, who I don't really know who that is when I'm thinking of it. You had one of my favorite spots is the they fucking redid the damn edge spot in RVD versus Cena, but they instead did it with Mac. Uh, I mean, Brian Myers. Uh, Virgil came out wearing a Vince McMahon mask. X-Pac comes out. I mean... I will say, though, that, that it, it did get a little overbooked. It was a little convoluted at the end. But to be a fan there live, that was awesome. I think because I saw people on Twitter kind of complaining about it. I think those were the people that were watching it on stream. Even as convoluted as it was, it was still fucking awesome. I mean, they also got at each other a lot with the chair shots and the fucking... I mean, Matt Cardona was bleeding at one point. 
which I heard. So I was watching uh, Effie's stream yesterday. Uh, he does a Monday Not Raw where he just watches independent wrestling and people can watch it with him instead of watching Raw, you know, an alternative for Raw. And he, uh, we'll get to that match in a second, but he was like, yeah, so like there was a lot of rules that went with this. And I think it was because, partially because of uh, their pay-per-view booking, I think they had to follow certain rules. So one of them was no intentional bleeding. So I think that's why, for example, no death match was going to be at the Hammerstein. I don't even know if that's also a Hammerstein rule or anything like that. Maybe the Hammerstein had certain rules that they had to follow. So no bleeding that was intentional, like, you know, fucking gigging or anything like that. Um, Certain chair shots weren't allowed either, like over the head type of headshots, I'm pretty sure, weren't allowed. Um, I don't think any, I think everyone who was wrestling had to be over 18 because, uh, there's that uh, Billy Starks girl, I think is her name. She's been like in doing GCW a bunch. Like, I think she wasn't allowed to wrestle. And I think there was like another, I think uh, Nick Wayne, who's another guy who's like been doing GCW for a bit and on the indies on the East Coast. He wasn't allowed to wrestle too because I don't think he's like over the age of 18 or over the age of 21, one of those things. So there was a bunch of rules in this match. And I think which is why GCW had to like, you know, fit everything that they would do within like a fucking kind of like bubble. I don't know. Like this is like, I was kind of, I keep telling my friends, you know, my, that you met, I'm like, yo, death match, you know, that's going to, it's going to be big. It's going to be crazy. I mean, they have to do one in the Hammerstein. We didn't get one, but this was like the closest we got to like a lot of extreme stuff happening. I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely gotta take your friends to like a, a Langsy show to get the true death match, death match experience. But um, I think I think it's a New York rule. I think New York State has like weird rules, so like blood and stuff like that, which sucks. But it must be because we didn't get a death match at um at the show I went to get lost a lot. Didn't get one either, or even at emo fight. So maybe that's like a New York thing. And I think I saw like um. Chris from Tire Driver even tweeted something like, oh, we got to change like wrestling rules, I think, in New York or something like that. Yeah, I think even I think it's like New York banned MMA for like years. <laughs> I think it was just recently that they just reversed that. So maybe one day we could get death matches in, 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 in New York. Maybe. I'm hoping. I mean, you know, <laughs> I like uh, the one showboat show we've been to. I really liked it. But also, it's like a two and a half hour drive. And unless we got someone to drive us, we got to take the bus. And then you also probably got to stay and spend the night. So I'd kind of wish uh, kind of wish we could just get it right across, like, you know, in a, another borough or something like that. But either which way, I mean, still, while it's not exactly everything I wanted, still a great time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that, yeah. No matter what, though, yeah, I think they made up for it. At least in that match, like you know, we still had table our door spots, or you know, I think all the runners made up for it. But if definitely if that they should run that match back. I think with a death match, I think it'd be well worth it. Yeah, I was expecting this to be another death match. Kind of like going into it, I'm like, that's what I thought would have happened. But I guess yeah, with whatever the rules are, whether it's pay per view, New York State, or whatever, stopping it, like. You know, it sucks, but they still delivered. In my opinion, I kind of thought Joey Janela should have won that match because, like, it just made sense for Joey to win, I feel. In my head, Matt Cardona is still over no matter what if he loses. And, hey, Joey kind of needs a win. He's probably not coming back to AEW, so he kind of needs a win. Yeah, I think I think this was, like, the start of some weird booking decision for us that night. I was like... I, I don't know. That's a, yeah, George and that show one, but I'm okay with Cardona too. Yeah, like I didn't hate that Cardona win because obviously he's one of the best things that's happened. But yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, all right, that's when the booking decisions got a little bit weird, and it's uh, officially confirmed it got weird within the next match. So we get our only women's match of the night, and it's Ali Catch versus Ruby Soho. Ali Catch is the woman of gcw essentially like they don't really have that many women wrestle on gcw they have alley catch pretty wrestle either whoever they have so they had thunder rosa in the past they've had uh charlie evans and whatnot but they don't ever really give you more than one woman's match 
And she goes against Ruby Soho, which is awesome because Ruby Soho is doing really great right now. She's pretty over. You know, since leaving in WWE, this has been really good for her career just to get out there. And I really like this match for what it was, but Alley Cat should have went over. That's my biggest gripe. I mean, Alley Cat, and then in the next match of Effie and Jeff Jarrett, you know, your GCW people kind of should have went over on this one, unless you plan on, you know, I hope uh, they run back the next match. This one, like, they don't have to really run back, but it just kind of sucks that Alley Cat should have win. I mean, at the end of it, like, you know, they both had, like, their moments at the Hammerstein. Alley Catch, I mean, this is still a big deal that she got to wrestle out here. I feel like this hopefully got a lot more people watching her. Like, I feel like, I hope one day she's going to get signed to maybe Impact or AW, get her on television a lot more. You know, not WWE because they're going to fucking ruin her or something. I don't know. At this point, I don't want anyone to go to WWE, especially that they're not taking indie talent anymore. But, uh, I wish she would. Uh, she's my favorite when it comes to the woman, the only woman you got there, but not even that. When it comes to a lot of the people that are just on GCW, she's one of my favorite. And it just sucks that she didn't get the W. Good match. Sucks she didn't get the W. She deserved it. But either which way, I mean, great opportunity for her, but still bums me out just a little bit. Yeah, I thought she should have won, too. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, this is your biggest event for GCW. You know, I you, I would think you want, you want to put your, your people over who are, like, the mainstays of your brand. Um, maybe there's a reason why Ruby won. Maybe, I don't know. Like, I can't think of one, <laughs> but there must have been a reason why she won. Uh, but, no, nah, Ruby's cool. Ruby's, I can't, like, Ruby's not someone who's, like, a bad wrestler, per se. Like, anyone who's bad, nah. she's good. She's really good. Um, but, I don't know. Addy Cat definitely should have won that match. Yeah, like, I can't think, like, you know, in my head, and that's what I'll talk about later when we get to the end of the show, I'm like, was it a contract thing or anything? But I don't, at least from what I get off of TV and, like, everything else, based off of just what knowledge of Ruby So, I wouldn't think she would be like, I have to go over, you know? Like, I don't think she wouldn't have mind putting uh, Alley Catch over, but uh, I don't know. Just That's just a weird booking decision that, that we're getting to. And then in the next match... You know, still a great match and cool to see. And just to say it, like, we got to see Jeff Jarrett go against Effie. Effie is another one. Like, you know, when it's the GCW people, these are my favorite people to right now to watch, you know, and support. And Effie definitely should have came away with the win, man. Jeff Jarrett did not need that fucking win. And I keep, when I was watching Effie's uh, stream yesterday, he's like, no, yeah, I want to run it back with Jeff Jarrett so bad. But... I will give this while it didn't give me the win that I wanted for Effie. It gave me, it gave us probably the coolest fucking spot I've seen in a long time. The Jeff Jared guitar shot in the head. Effie takes that shit. He's like, ah, fuck yeah. Like, you know, he's still ready. And then Jeff Jared hits the fucking stroke on this man with the guitar on his neck, which I think broke Effie's nose. If you see him right now, his nose looks basically broken. He could barely, like, you know, I, if you hear what he sounds like, he does not sound normal right now. He thinks his nose is broken. His tongue got fucked up. He kind of has a black eye. The fucking guitar shot to the stroke is probably one of the sickest things I've ever fucking seen ever. And if Jeff Jarrett ever gets to go into a video game again, they need to fucking put that move in there somehow. I think I think Jeff Jarrett's going to be on that virtual basement video game or whatever it's called that's coming out, the wrestling code. They got a lot of people coming out there, like fucking the FBI on there, like Johnny Stamboli and all this shit. But that was that, that's probably one of the sickest things. I'll take uh, if you know if Effie had to lose for it to get get us that spot. That's fucking cool. But damn, Effie is your guy. He should have won. It's like that's where you're looking at to GCW people in your main like your last five matches. Uh, really didn't get their wins per se. Except well, actually maybe not the, the last match. But like Joey Janela, I kind of think he should have went over. He's a he's a GCW guy. He's not an AEW guy in my head. He's a GCW guy. Alley Cat should have went over, and you know Effie should have went over. Didn't work out, but still cool moments regardless. But you say your piece. Yeah, Effie definitely should have won that one. But you know, at the at the end of the day, it's Jeff Jarrett. You know, when does Jeff Jarrett really lose? You know, we've seen this. We've seen his TNA days. We've seen everything where he wrestles that's you know that he has control over <laughs> some sort of control over um so you know i'm not i, I wasn't too shy i kind of had a feeling he was going to win the match um 
but it would have been cool to see after you get a big win over like a legend like Jeff Jarrett. You know, this they both, you know, look kind of similar. It was almost like after he's playing like an older version of himself on the field, yeah, <laughs> uh, which is funny. But uh, yeah, I know after should won, but you know, I gotta say I love hearing uh, my world that weird evil remix of my world yeah they remixed that <laughs> shit but it was still fucking fire yeah that was amazing like the whole dark the whole like his whole jazz jazz whole look right now is just like fire i don't know like, he, he's going by the last outlaw the last outlaw <laughs> jeff jared it's pretty sick it is sick like, he stole he's he basically stole takers like that one time taker return to like with the uh, the johnny cash music kind of reminds me of yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah this is dope I do. I really hope this does get a rematch at some point. You know, Jeff Jarrett's clearly still wrestling here and there. You know, not too long ago, he was a fucking Triple A champion or Mega champion. They even fucking mentioned it. He's 54 years old. So, I mean, PCO is also 54 years old, I'm pretty sure. I, we did, we looked this up when he was in that match because all my friends kept saying, like, yo, this is an old ass man. This is like elderly abuse. Yeah. Um, Oh, wow. His last match, Jeff Jarrett's last match was in 2019 against Dr. Wagner Jr., who's uh, actually going to be facing Joey Janela in uh, one of the next GCW shows. Wow. I did not know. So he still is wrestling. It's only been two years. But I do hope like uh, he has a rematch with Effie. Effie. Effie deserves to go over. I mean, Effie deserves a lot. He's another guy who like should be signed to a major company at some point. Like Impact could use him. I know ROH had him and AJ Gray on to go against the Briscoes because they took the GCW titles. Uh, but, you know, it would be cool not only to see Effie go somewhere big, but also get the rematch with Jeff because he deserves a W. And that was a fun match, too. It wasn't bad. So it would be cool to rewatch it. Uh, have Well, I'm going to rewatch it, but then also be cool to see them, you know, give it back again, go back. Uh, okay. Then... You know, this is the next match, the GCW world title match. And when they said this match was next, I'm like, wait, so what's happening to the tag team match? Turns out the tag team match is still happening and it's main eventing. That blew my fucking mind. You know, that, that I, I was so confused at this point. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Did the Briscoes just big league us and not show up? Like, you know, I don't know if they're hard to work with or not. I just look at Jay Briscoe and he looks like he looks like he hates people all the time. I mean, that's because his look looks like that. But uh, I don't know. John Moxley versus Homicide. I have to rewatch it because I feel like at that point I was drunk enough where I can't really remember most of it. But I just remember being uh, I was a little confused. John Moxley, like, I do remember, like, the one chair spot, I think, that happened and whatnot. Uh, but it's, like, a match that I got to rewatch. Uh, John Moxley goes over, which, you know, to me, I can't get mad at. Because John Moxley is doing fucking awesome. It would have been sick as fuck, too, if Homicide won. But then again, when I look at this, none of them, like, J- John Moxley's a GCW world champion, but he's not a GCW guy. Neither is Homicide. So, like, I feel like my biggest investment was in John Moxley winning. I kind of wanted that to happen the most because I just came back from rehab and whatnot. I feel like homicide doesn't really need this win. Homicide just needs to be having some dope moments right now. Cause I feel like, you know, it's just, I feel like he just doesn't need the win per se. This was just cool to see him wrestle John Moxley. But yeah, from what I can think of at the top of my head, there wasn't that many crazy moments in this match for me to like bring out in this moment. I, this is the one that I should have rewatched before we did the pod episode, but still happy with the fact that we got to see homicide versus Moxley. You know, that's still a cool moment to talk about while I don't remember most of it, probably because the alcohol was hitting me. It's still okay. Cause we got, we got this match to happen and John Moxley takes a W, but you're, you're obviously didn't drink. So you were more coherent than me from what you can see. That was another one. This match probably did, it's harder for me to remember because I felt like people were standing up most of the fucking match anyway. So it was hard for me to see some of the time, you know, I'm five, eight, five, nine on a good day. So sometimes I couldn't fucking see. Yeah. I couldn't see it. I, I can't really see this one either, but I know even the parts of this, see, I didn't care for it too much. I thought it was when the, uh, weaker matches in the car, which, you know, no fault to anyone in the match. I just think, I don't think time was in the was in GCW's favor at that at that point in the show, so I think it kind of got rushed too. Um, but you know, it's 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 a match. <laughs> I don't remember too much from it. I think I'm going to have to rewatch it. I know people in the Discord that I'm in didn't really care for it too much, um, but 
you know, they tried. So <laughs> shout out to them. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, this, you know, it makes me look forward to having, you know, John Moxley continue to be champion. Hopefully he keeps it for a bit, you know, like now I'm in a weird spot where do I want like AJ Gray to go over John Moxley or do I want John Moxley to keep like going through so many people right now? Because the nice thing about it is, you know, while John Moxley still like, you know, he's, he's in the Indies right now, technically, like he's not just like doing GCW and AEW. Like I wanted to go to this one show beforehand uh, the night before it was in uh, Poughkeepsie, but also, you know, I just didn't want to go to Poughkeepsie anymore. Shout out to Maris. But um, John Moxley came out to replace Eddie Kingston in a matchup there for Northeastern West, uh, Northeast Wrestling. Um, so that was cool that, like, he did that. He's done Wrestling Revolver. He's just popping up all over the place right now. So I think, well, one thing I do like that he's being in GCW is there's, as long as he's champion and they don't take it away from him right now, he could go face a lot more other people. So let's say they don't do AJ Gray right away. They could bring out like Jacob Fatu or like, you know, they could bring out, um, is his name Jacob Fatu? Did I just pronounce his name wrong? Uh, maybe I did. I think it is. Yeah. So they could bring out the other, like, you know, big ass Samoan guy. Yeah, it is Jacob Fatu. Uh, you can put him against like AJ Gray, obviously, but I think he already had a match with Chris Dickinson, but when he gets back, it would be cool to see him do another match with Dickinson. I'm trying to think, like, I honestly thought Nick Gage versus John Moxley would have been the best main event to do, but, you know, they were, one was in rehab, the other one was injured, and then, you know, now this leads us to the main event, where it's like, okay, you got the Briscoes coming out, and they're doing their world, their world tag team title, you know, open challenge, and... For the longest time, once this was announced, people were thinking FTR. I saw someone either on Twitter or on your Discord say, oh, uh, Santana and Ortiz. And that's what I fucking wanted. That's what I thought would have been fucking cool. I still think it's fucking awesome that we got Matt Tremont and Nick fucking Gage, you know, the hate club. They got the fucking comeback together and they ended up winning the tag team titles in a five minute matchup, mind you. Um, this is where I just can't tell what happened with this booking decision, because for me, you know, I understand why you would want Nick Gage to be in your main event, because he gets the people fucking going. But honestly, the world title match should have been in your main event. That's your, that's your fucking thing. That's your world title. And, you know... I can't tell, you know, this is what I'm trying to think if, like, okay, what's the reasoning behind this? Was this a GCW decision? Was this, like, the Briscoes are like, hey, if we're going to do this GCW run, we want to main event Hammerstein. Or is it Nick Gaze being like, look, if I'm showing up, I got a main event, you know? I, I can't tell what it was. And just, like, the day before, we had that fucking cameo come out from Nick Gage where he was basically saying, like, I don't know if you heard I think I told you about it. Um or you might have heard it somewhere. Like, he basically said, like, on his cameo, it was like, yeah, like, I ain't scheduled for that show. You know, you could blame the fucking guy in charge, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it made me, I saw people were saying, oh, like, you know, what if there's some bad blood between him and GCW? Which, you're like, you know, that would suck. I heard someone say in your Discord, what if he's still on the stuff again? And I'm like, God, I hope not, because I do not want this man to be on the stuff, because he looks like he's done a lot, you know, he's doing a lot better. And I don't want him to get arrested again because he'll probably ain't coming out the next time. So, you know, I was worried. But getting Nick Gage is still an awesome fucking moment. I just think, like, I don't know, probably this is where I wish, you know, Eddie Kingston wasn't injured. Or I kind of wish they was like they could have gotten someone else for AJ. I don't think, like, you know, AJ still winning that is awesome to me because then he'll be able to go against John Moxley. But they could have done that at any point without that brass ring. I felt like. I, if I would have booked this, John Moxley homicide main event, and they do maybe a little bit more crazier stuff, or I just try and remember it a little bit more. Um, AJ Gray goes against maybe he already won against Jacob Fatu, but he could have won against Jacob Fatu, or you fucking get Lance Archer to come out, or you pay AEW however much get Brian Cage. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Brian Cage right now, which I don't really understand that much. Sure, maybe he doesn't have enough brain cells. Or maybe his wife doesn't. Whoever's doing the problems. But I think Brian Cage is fucking dope as shit. So I don't give a shit what people have to say. But 
I would have put Nick Gage in the ladder match. I would have made him be the guy that starts the fucking, you know, AJ Gray popping out. Awesome. Too bad Waka Flocka couldn't do his fucking entrance music. But if Nick Gage started the show, just kind of like how AW on that Rampage episode gave us CM Punk the moment they went live. They kind of could have done that with Nick Gage and people would have fucking exploded. You know, they still exploded no matter what. And I just thought it would have been a little bit better because like the main eventing, it just like at the end, the vibe just felt like I felt like they like I said, the start of the show went really, really high. And then like it felt like it fumbled a little bit at the end, just especially with like I felt like uh, it could have just done a little bit different. You know, am I a dumbass critic? Probably. But I still enjoyed my time. I really loved it. I just kind of wish the tag team match wasn't your main event because it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I think yeah, I, th- I think at the point where we found that the tag team match was going to be the main event, I thought it was going to be something big. I thought it was going to be like, honestly, I was convinced at that point the Hardys were going to come out and Jeff was going to like forget his 90 days and be like, I'm going to... Yeah. I was convinced that that was like the case at that point. Um, but, you know, Gage was still cool. You know, we all, everyone that I ended up, you know, got worked over like the whole thing that, you know, there was bad blood between them. Um, there wasn't even some of the MDK merch, which made it even push the narrative further that, you know, something was going on. Uh, but you know, it was cool to see him. You know, it was, it would, it would have been like extremely weird if he was not there for the show. And I guess why they put him at the main events, like as that shock, the surprise. Um, but all of that for a five minute match was kind of just like, okay, you know, it's, it's cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely honestly wouldn't have even booked Moxie versus Homicide. I would have just done Moxie versus like anyone else i don't know who i think atticus could have probably fixed moxley i don't know why they don't want to put a trigger on atticus but he's been for what he did the show i think it was just worthless i think he could have done way more um i, I kind of feel bad for him <laughs> in a way uh but yeah, yeah I don't know. he didn't uh oh wait no he did pop up he popped up in that um second gear crew moment that they like came out and stuff now that i'm thinking about because yeah all of 404 kind of like I don't know. Was like even RSP a part of that? I can't even remember if RSP came out during that, which is a little weird because him like the like MDK's like second gear crew feud against like uh, 404 was like a big thing last like this past year. So that's weird. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, I, I like I always said Nick Gage versus Moxley part two would have been awesome to do in front of a live crowd. I guess it when you can't, I guess, do a death match, you can't really do that. But also, I, you know, it would have been sick to do Atticus, Atticus Kogar. Maybe they'll do that in the next matchup that he has. I also see, like, I see why they did Homicide, because one, it's New York, and two, Homicide is a big fucking professional wrestling name outside of the WWE. So it makes sense there, too. It's just, you know, that match at the moment, I mean, it's probably because for me, at least alcohol and how you, I couldn't really, like, recall everything that happened there. It'll be one of those matches I rewatch and hope it, like, translates pretty well on stream. But, yeah, like, Nick Gage, it makes sense to bring out Nick fucking Gage, because he is your number one. When you think of GCW, he is the guy you fucking look at. You know, he's your number one guy with or without the title. I just thought it was a, a little strange just to, you know, have that be the main event after all the stuff that you had. That's why, like, also, you could have put it, Honestly, like you could have put Nick Gage at any spot on this card and it would have went fucking crazy, really. Like, you know, you probably don't put him in the middle of your card, but the top or right before the main event for me would have made more sense. And it was just awesome to see it. I'm happy to know he's okay. I think he did put on a little bit of weight, though, since being injured because he did look a little chunkier, even though, because I know when this man came out of jail, he was fucking ripped. Like, he, he was working out in that, in that cell. But uh, either which way, cool ass fucking show i can't really like i already said my complaints with just weird decisions at the end but even with those weird decisions on it on the end it's still probably one of the best independent wrestling shows i've ever been to i hope they do another one in the hammerstein i hope that you know new york changes the fucking rules so we get some crazy ass fucking death matches but either which way for their first time ever being on pay-per-view for their biggest show ever this makes me hope that like they could do bigger things and you know it's kind of like how they start off the show brett lauderdale's like dude like you know people have said they've seen a million gcws come and go i really hope gcw doesn't for right now gcw is that fucking show where you could get a bit of everything you know you get a bit of fucking everything 
and they do everything so fucking well. I mean, look at all the ran like, you know, you get fucking Scotty too hotty to fucking like a couple weeks ago. I mean, you get people like Kevin Nash showing up in Detroit, Sabu, you know, like they have all this fucking cool stuff there. And it was just a fun fucking time. The fan base is cool. Like even that fucking CM Punk kid, while he annoys me a little bit, like he's a GCW guy and he's like one of those like weird fans where it's like cool to fucking see in a way. I did laugh as fuck when Matt Cardona spit beer in this fucking dude's face. Then I'm like, that was funny. I I, I hope to God. I mean, clearly this kid wouldn't have had a problem with it because I feel like the everyone would ate Matt Cardona up for abusing somebody like that. So he must have like you know been fine with it. But uh, I don't know. GCW they know what to fucking do. They they're killing it right now. I want to keep. I want to continue to see them kill it. And I, it kind of sucks that I'm going to Washington D.C. when they do their next. Uh, uh, showboat uh, show because I want to go to the next one and it sucks that the collective is in Texas because I don't think I'm getting my ass to Texas anytime soon because fuck that yeah, no. No, uh, Texas is definitely not a place I'll be going but uh, yeah I mean I know they're going to have that big Atlanta show at some point I think that's like going to be like the next like huge show I think they're going to feel like a thousand people which is pretty dope Um, so it's that but you know yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to just these just like Driving to continue to good to do good. Like honestly, they are maybe the second top indie right now after PWG. So you know that uh, maybe maybe they might have surpassed them at this point because PWG. I would put them team. as I would put them as surpassing because PWG is like you know they're coming back, but it's really like it's different. It's not the same PWG I'd give it at this point. It still has a lot of cool stuff to it. But right now, like I feel like PWG is trying to get their way back, but they're sl- way slower than GCW at this point. Also, it's harder to get their shows. You got to wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah, that's so stupid. I-, I think that's like the dumbest. Mo- it works for them, I guess, but like... Gonna- I don't get it at all. Like, why can't you just fucking stream it on Fight or you you have a partnership with High Spot? Put it on High Spot. Like, I don't get it. Makes no sense, but you know, let, let them do what they gotta do. GCW is gonna give us everything that you know. Just like you said, GCW had a little bit of everything. Like you, you, you really get you get your money worth when you buy those shows. And I never had a problem like paying the fifteen dollars to watch GCW. Like, yeah, there's just ways out there to watch wrestling for free. But like, I want to support them. You know, and I, don't, I don't feel yeah. So yeah, like I fucking like you know when I couldn't get the GCF and W shirt that I wanted, I just got a generic GCW shirt. Cause I'm like, this is like you know. Well, there's probably things I wouldn't like to know about the company, but for right now, this is a company I don't mind repping, you know? Like, I kind of want to get a default shirt of every company because, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. I would have got a default AEW shirt, but Tony Khan's really fucking it up sometimes for me, so I got to wait before I could start repping AEW more. But uh, overall, great fucking show. I can't wait for the next one to happen that we'll be able to get to go to because, I mean, independent wrestling is fucking awesome, you know? I kind of wish, like, more crazy shit happens. Like, you know, it's great that we got, for example, House of Glory that's back now for us in New York City. Private Party is going to be at the next show, which is awesome. Alex Shelley. I hope Pentagon still goes, even though Ray Phoenix is temporary on the sidelines for right now. So either which way, like, this is a, I feel like, I think I said this last week in the episode that's never going to get released. And I think I've said it before. But I feel like in the last, since the pandemic has happened and now that fans are back and whatnot, you know, I feel like we're kind of in a wrestling renaissance again. More and more people are watching wrestling again or giving it a chance or at least the fan base is like being more vocal about it. And people are like getting a lot of good shit that they want. Even with WWE, while they fuck up a lot of times, there's still like some cool shit to look forward to, like Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar at the Rumble this weekend. That's fucking awesome. The Rumble's coming up this weekend, so that's awesome to look forward to, too. Like, as long as it doesn't snow bad, I'll be at the Legends Bar, and that's cool to see that there's an actual bar you could go to in New York City to watch wrestling with a bunch of wrestling fans. Like, there's some cool stuff happening, and uh, it's nice to see a company like GCW being, like, a f- like leading the charge in certain aspects, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, like, the wrestling just in, like, this weird, like, renaissance, which is dope for... In the Renaissance for certain areas, not WWE. Um, but, you know, it's, it's cool to watch and cool to see. Um, I'm looking forward to just, like, everything that happens. Like, I think if wrestling could get to, like, even a fraction of, like, as big as it was back in the days, that'd be really dope. Hell yeah. If we could, if one day, you know, 
the AEW is getting millions and millions of viewers consistently, that would be fucking sick. You know, they're getting millions here and there every other couple of months or weeks, but it will be sick to know if this would be happening again. You know, like I've been listening to old episodes of the deadlock podcast that I haven't been able to listen to. And they're like still talking about the Wednesday night wars that where I'm at. Cause I'm watching, I'm listening to episodes from 2020 and it's like, yeah, AW and NXT are kind of competing against like for thousands of viewers, like 10, 10, no, hundreds, thousands of viewers. While, you know, the Monday night wars was millions of viewers they were fighting for. So it would be sick if one day that could be a thing again, just because wrestling, when it's good, it's fucking good, you know? And uh, when Project Kayfabe is good, it's good, you know, when we're consistent and shit like that. So trying to figure out that. But that's the end of this show. Uh, yeah, that'll be the show for this week. Next week, uh, maybe I'll be talking about the Royal Rumble Quad A, maybe for an episode or maybe a bonus episode and try and throw some more pop culture shit out the window, too. Let's do that. Uh, check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, project underscore kayfabe. I say this every week, trying to get more shit out there. Uh, you can check me out on Twitch at uh, Joe Bro underscore 316. I'm doing Twitch now, and we'll find ways to uh, incorporate content for myself and the podcast with what I'm doing there. You can check out Quad A, a boy in his tech. You got his own podcast, a melanated uh, tech podcast. Is that what it's called? Indeed it is. Good. I didn't fumble the bag on that one. Uh, so... Everybody, thank you very much.